0: Or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today, and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service to say, "Ah." I got that one, did y'all plan that, y'all plan that like Antonio Brown to the Patriots, sorry, if you didn't get that, it's all right, right over your head, I don't want to talk about it, somebody say that, (laughs) I don't want to talk about it, ridiculous, can somebody do me one favor, Sarah, can you um, grab me a bottle of water and bring it up here, thank you ma'am. I appreciate you. <clears throat> you sitting right here? I got this one. Okay, I'm gonna get my stuff. <laughs>
1: well, all right. We uh, we wanted to take a little time and
0: uh, i feel so far away yeah.
1: yeah
0: let's go let's go forward a little bit i feel right. i feel really far away you see how i'm helping all right that looks good
2: i feel like i'm excluded
1: One of the things that uh, is our responsibility as as pastors is to communicate vision, and uh, so we really wanted to spend some time this month, back Church Month, uh, just sharing some some vision and and what uh, what our church is all about and and. Uh, uh, the way that we think. See, when we're all of one mind and one accord, then we can get so much more accomplished than, uh, than when everybody's trying to, to do their own thing. Everybody's thinking a different way. One, uh, you know, some people are trying to do this and another group's trying to do this. and it, Rather than, than uh, uh, pooling our, our resources and our talents and our giftings, and all these things together uh, around a common goal. See, that's one of the great things about a church. That's one of the things that you can't um, that you can't get uh, online. I mean, we, we love our online audience and we're so grateful that God has blessed us to be able to do that. But that's one thing that you cannot um, you cannot have uh, if you only Come online and watch us, and uh, you see it, it's it's a family thing. And uh, anybody got family members that live halfway across the country, or halfway around the world, or something, you know? And uh, you know it. They're part of the family, but it's not the same. And you know, and you you long for that day when you can have those family members come together and. And, uh, you know, I know when you're, when you're a kid that you hate family reunions because, um, aunt so-and-so that, uh, you haven't, that you've never even met. Um, well, she says that she remembers you when you were this high and, uh, you know, and she wears bright red lipstick and, and kisses you on the cheek and, and, um, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But, uh. Uh, so it's not necessarily not necessarily fun, but uh, uh, So anyway, we, we promise if you come to this family, uh, nobody with bright red lipstick is going to kiss you on the cheek. Okay? Well, maybe. I, I don't know, we might have somebody that would dare to do that, but, uh, uh, but anyway, <laughs> yes, yes. I remember, I remember, uh, most of you know Tito Anaya. Uh, Tito, was one of the first times he ever came, he was sitting right back in that corner over there. Jason walked in, and he thought that Tito was B.C. And uh, I don't remember this story at all. Well, you told me the story. So. Did I? <laughs> yes. All right, well, go ahead and finish. Maybe and, I'll remember. And so anyway, Jason walked in, and he thought it was B.C., because they both had uh shaved head, and he started to reach over and rub. <laughs> oh, that's true.
0: Yeah, I no, I do remember that. Yeah, then, he was sitting down, and uh, I almost rubbed his head. So, anyway, that's money. true. We
1: won't tell Mercedes' story. It's true. But anyway, let's get to some serious business here. Uh, you know, I sat down and I put together some, uh, a list of some things that, that sometimes we hear from people that uh, maybe they have been uh, missing. And last week, we, changed, we made a decision to change our thinking and change the way that we speak about church and start referring to it as the, the meeting of the church or just referring to it as word of life. Because some people, you know, they object to the to the term um, going to church. Well, I am the church. Okay, so I understand that, and, and that's true. Uh, so anyway, um, there are some things that we want to talk about today with the church family, um, and
0: uh, and Jasmine's here to kind of help keep us on track. Is,
1: yes. Jasmine is going to try to keep us on track. We
0: decided after last yes. week's debacle that we needed a chaperone. <laughs> so they gave me the job of reading,
2: and I'm a little dyslexic. So <laughs> um, I'm sorry if things are
1: backwards.
2: <laughs> I'm going to do my best. <laughs> you can do it. She's be great.
1: <laughs> so anyway, we have we have four things that we're going to. Jasmine is going to present to us and then we're going to, um, among our panel here, we're going to, to discuss these things. Let's introduce and, ourselves first. I want to, yes.
0: I don't want to take for granted that everybody knows who we are because uh, maybe you're not, maybe you're here for the first time and you're like, why are these people talking to me? So um, anyway, let's, uh, I'll, I can start. I, I'm, I'm Pastor Jason. I, I serve as the um, associate pastor and worship pastor um, here at Word of Life and have for a really long time. Um, about um, 16 years, and um, I, I guess I can get into other stuff later, but um, go ahead.
3: Hello. Okay, I'm Pastor Susan, married to him 41 years, and we've been doing this for a long time, and we're excited.
0: 41 years tomorrow, right? That's right. Yeah.
1: And so I'm Pastor Daniel, and uh, we are the the founding pastors, and uh, uh, like we mentioned earlier, 28 years ago today, we met for the very first time. And, you know... It never occurred to me when we decided to have our first service on September 8th that uh, September 9th, the very next day, was our wedding anniversary, and so that's kind of been a sticking point for the last 28 years, Um, but it it does work, and uh, so anyway, uh, that's who we are, and... uh, uh like i said we want to share some things with you today so i'm going to throw it to jasmine and you can take uh, point number one and uh we will discuss and i feel like i have my back to you so i'm gonna adjust it.
2: <laughs> i didn't really know where to go okay all right point number one how do you respond to someone who says i tried church but i don't feel like i measured up to the standard"? Maybe I'm just too flawed.
1: Okay, I can, I can go first or if somebody else. Not everybody that, at okay. once. Okay, all right. Um, you know, to think that we have to fix ourselves in order to come to church uh, is kind of the same mentality. I think of it this way it's kind of the same mentality as um, I need to get. Well before I go to the doctor. You see, we've we've misunderstood the the whole purpose of what what church is all about. Um, you know, here at Word of Life, one of the things that we do we work very hard at uh, to avoid projecting an image of an unreachable standard. Um, you know, sometimes there. I've had people come in, and uh, I remember not oh, a couple of years ago having someone come in, and after they'd come for a couple of times, they asked me this question. They said, just just tell me what the rules are. And because that was the the mentality that this individual had, or what are the rules? If you'll just tell me the rules, I'll do my best to keep them. Well, we don't have a lot of rules around here, you know. I mean, we, we asked you to be respectful, and we asked you, you know, and some stuff like that. But uh, um, as far as having a a list of rules and think, well, in order to to come to Word of Life, you've got to dress this way, you've got to do this, you've got to uh, you got to stop doing this and stop doing that, and you know, we don't have a lot of rules like that. So um, we have worked very hard at avoiding projecting a standard that that quite frankly is unreachable and uh, you know I am 61 years old and I've been in church my entire life and uh, uh, you know I know that when I was growing up I, I attended a church that we had all kinds of rules can't do this can't do that can't do you know it was lo- a whole lot of stuff you can't do and um uh, but the thing I noticed was everybody did all the stuff they're not supposed to do, except they just hid it. And, uh, you know, so it didn't, change, it didn't stop anybody from doing it. It, it, it just caused people to, to hide it. And so, uh, you know, we actually believe in the power of, of the grace of God and the power of the gospel to change a person's life. And we let God do his job and we do our job, which is to love people and to teach the Word of God. And uh, um, you see, because the law, when, when we talk about the law, uh, most of you know what I'm talking about, but in case you don't, when we refer to the law, we're talking about the, the law that Moses gave, that, that God gave Moses written on the tablets of stone. And, and the law set an unreachable standard Um, but it was never intended for you to, by the law, reach that standard. Um, That was never the purpose of the law. In fact, if we study the Scriptures, we find out clearly that the law was given to reveal to us that we couldn't reach the standard. The law was given to show us that By our own self-effort, we could never attain to God's standard. And therefore, it caused us to cry out, I need a Savior. And that's, you know, and and we believe that that was the law's purpose. That is the law's purpose. And uh, so, you know, what we want you to know is that you need a Savior. We all need a Savior. and. Uh, when when we've done that, the law has fulfilled its purpose. But the grace of God will transform our lives. As we look at Jesus, as we see Jesus, and as we clearly paint a picture of Jesus, then the power of the gospel will transform our lives.
0: Tag. We can. We can bounce around.
4: people that are also have that same goal um and so i know growing up i always thought my pastor was perfect and i think in a lot of churches that was um the way it was for a long time and i think it's important that people know that this isn't perfection this is just the part that god has called us to and he's called you to a crucial part too
3: you know i was i was thinking that earlier about um we need each other that we have to have each other and that it helps us to um be perfected to provoke us to do better because we are we're all the same we all have struggles and when we have those people that are surrounding us that when we walk in the door and they see that they pick up on that they've been praying for you they've been but they pick you up and they encourage you and they make you a better person. They provoke you to love more. They provoke you to push more toward that goal whatever it is because they know you. They've they've hung out with you. They've spent time with you so they know you, so they know what goals you have. They know what God's called you to do. They you know, I have a friend that doesn't live here anymore, but we text, and I know what God's called them to do, and they're not there yet, and the Holy Spirit's been showing me some things to, ways to provoke them, to push them just a little bit farther, you know, even though I'm not there with them all the time now, and we get that when we come in here, and no, we don't come in perfect, but somebody in here is here to help you to move past that that one imperfection maybe that day or, or that week or whatever and to do a little better and to have a little more love, to have a little more compassion, be kind, show a little bit more joy, you know? And, and I'm thankful for that because I need that. I need you. So, that's my thoughts.
0: You know, it reminds me when we think about this, um, that I think we have this mentality sometimes um, of we there's a standard. I'm trying to meet this standard, and we feel bad about ourselves. If we don't, we get down on ourselves. And um, at, as we've said at length, and you guys can probably tell, um, like, like for me, I, I'm a very competitive person. I, I, at times, am intense about things, and and if i have a tendency that if we can't if we can't do this to the standard that it needs to be done at then we need to not do it at all and the the our christian walk is a complete opposite of that because the reality is that we can't measure up to the standard and that's the whole idea of christianity that's the whole idea uh, of grace is that jesus came And died because we couldn't reach the standard. Because we couldn't make ourselves, no matter how hard we try, we could not make ourselves right in the eyes of God. We can't do it. Um, And I I don't want to get ahead of this list, but um, I I think about a a quick story um, in the Bible. And there's not a lot of verses. There's five verses in the Bible about this. Um, But really, I could... I mean, we could do like a three-part series on this, but we're not going to. Um, but there's a guy in the Bible named, uh, named Zacchaeus. And um, Zacchaeus, it says that um, he was a tax collector, uh, meaning that, in, especially in Bible times, and you can have your own opinions as to whether or not this applies today, um, he was known as a, as a crook, um, as corrupt, as criminal. And um, tax collectors were known as people who were always trying to scam somebody and always trying to put money into their pockets. And, and so this guy was not favorable in the eyes of the community. Um, I bet he had a laundry list of things that, um, that were his hidden sins. And he heard that Jesus was coming, and he sought him out. Well, the Bible says that this guy... Zacchaeus, he was short in stature as well. And so he couldn't see Jesus from where he was at. I think a lot of times with, with us, because of where we're at, because we're so clouded in our judgment, because we're so far off base, we can't really see Jesus from where we're at. From where you're at in life, you've got circumstances piled up, maybe you've done some dumb stuff, maybe you've got yourself into some bad situations, you can't really see Jesus from where you're at. And so Zacchaeus wasn't willing to take that as an answer. Well, I just can't see Jesus, and I'm just going to go away. I don't meet up to the standard. I'm, I don't, I'm not looked on as favorable in the eyes of God, and so I, I'm just going to go on and go down the road. He wasn't willing to take that as an answer, and so he climbed up in, in a sycamore tree, which is known as a very strong wood, which is known as a very strong tree, almost impossible to split. And he climbs up in this this tree that symbolized strength, stability, and, and then he looks out and he sees Jesus. Well, when Jesus is walking by, I think it's really important because Jesus didn't have to talk to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was in the tree. There were a lot of people around. He could have just kept walking. And Zacchaeus would have seen Jesus, and he would have accomplished his goal. But Jesus met Zacchaeus where he was. He looks up at Zacchaeus, and not only does he say, Hey, what's up, bro? Good to see you. High fives, right? Little fist bump. Way to climb up in the tree to see me. Let's go on down the road. But he doesn't. He looks up at Zacchaeus, and he said, You need to come down, because I'm going to go to your house. You made the effort to come and see me, and now I'm going to meet you where you're at, and I'm going to come to your house, and we're going to hang out. We're going to make a difference at your house, and I think a lot of times, we just give up because we didn't meet the standard. We've tried church. We didn't meet the standard. We feel like we're an outcast. We feel like we're not good enough, and in spite of how much we try, and I know that you guys try to make sure that everybody knows that they're welcome at Word of Life. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you said. I don't care what you did last night. You're welcome at Word of Life Church. But the thing about it is, no matter how hard we try to portray that image, no matter how how hard we try to live that out, there are still people that come in these doors that feel like they don't measure up to whatever standard that they think is here. And most of the time, that's religious thinking, that's, that's things that have been ingrained, really. That's the enemy that's working on them trying to pull them away. And maybe they feel like they don't measure up. Well, Zacchaeus felt like he didn't measure up, but he he said, you know what? I'm just gonna do the best I can. There's a tree right here. I'm gonna climb up in this tree. It's the best thing I know how to do. And Jesus said, no, man, I see you in the tree. You need to come down because now I'm gonna go to your house. And now we're gonna hang out. And now we're gonna go a little bit deeper because that's how much you're worth to me. That's what we wanna be here. Maybe you feel like, You don't measure up to that standard. But it's okay. Come in anyway. And then Jesus is going to meet us collectively here. And then when we walk out the door, he's going to go with us too. And we're going to go and and something great is going to happen because of Christ in us. Amen? Praise God. I'm done.
2: I think you guys kind of hit on this, but I feel like some people would still be stuck on the question that isn't Jesus the standard we should measure ourselves against?
1: You know, we uh we made a decision a number of years ago. It's been what probably eight, nine years ago now, that we made a decision that we were going to uh, preach the gospel of grace. All went back to a word that the Lord spoke to me out in the desert one day. He said, I was preparing for the new year and the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to preach more grace. And I thought I understood what that meant. And the more I began to prepare to to do it, the more I began to realize I didn't know what it meant. And uh, so I had to make a decision that, uh, uh, you know, we're either going to go all the way down this road or we're not going to start down this road. And um, so because I had the word from the Lord, I made a decision we're going to go all the way down this road. And um, so we preach the, the gospel of grace rather than preaching law. Um, and the Lord gave me this phrase one day. He said, uh, He said, Law elevates the standard, but grace elevates people. Law elevates the standard. Let's raise the standard. Let's raise the standard. Let's raise the standard. Law elevates the standard. Keeps raising the standard. But... Grace elevates people, and um, um, in you know the, the the fact is sometimes we we see Jesus and we see the perfection of Jesus, and we say, you know, well God, if He's measuring us up next to Jesus, I'm falling short. Well, that boy, that is the truth. I'm telling you that you know. That if he is standing us up next to Jesus and measuring us any one of us we can pick any of us um, but if he's standing us up next to Jesus and measuring us up next to him every single one of us is short but see here's the deal that when we begin to understand grace we begin to understand that God's not measuring us next to Jesus in fact God's not measuring us. God measured Jesus and counts it to us. And uh, in, in Galatians chapter 3, verse number 6, it says, Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. All he did was believe what God said. And you see, that, that is really a picture of what grace is. See, Abraham lived before there was the law and so um, abraham was not measured up next to the law abraham did a lot of things that would can be uh that would have been violations of of the mosaic law um, and yet uh you know abraham was was con- he was counted as righteous and he is actually given to us in scripture as an example you want to be righteous do what Abraham did what did Abraham do believe God he believed that uh, you know that what God said was you know, he, he believed it and uh, so here's the thing that God's not standing us up next to Jesus and saying well Jesus is here but you're only here so you're coming up way short and uh, you know, but the, the fact is that God didn't measure, he's not measuring us, he measured Jesus. And if we believe what Jesus did, and we believe that it was on our behalf, in fact, uh, you know, I believe it's E.W. Kenyon that says that, that he became us. When Jesus went to the cross, he became us. He went to the cross as me he went to the cross as you and uh, so when he hung on that cross in the mind of God because he went there as you and I in God's mind it was you and I that were hanging there and so uh, God measures Jesus obedience my obedience is not perfect you know Uh, when God tells me something, I know it's good for me if I obey it. It's in my best interest to do what he said. And my life will be better for obeying, for doing what he said to do. But God is measuring Jesus' obedience, which was absolutely perfect. And when he measures Jesus' obedience, then he counts it to me because Jesus did it as me it's the law of substitution he took our place he became us, took our place and in our place he perfectly obeyed the law and God pointed at me and counted it to me and Jesus took all the punishment that belonged to me and so uh, to say you know shouldn't we measure ourselves up to the standard of Jesus well if you do you're going to come up real short. What you need to do is realize that Jesus was measured and counted to you.
0: Well, in, in Isaiah 53, it just reminds me of what you were saying, and I didn't have this written down, but um, I, I love this verse, Isaiah 53, 10. It said, but it pleased God to bruise him. It, it pleased God to bruise Jesus. The Bible tells us two things about pleasing God. It says it pleased God to bruise Jesus, and then it says, but without faith it is impossible to please God. That tells me when we compare Scripture with Scripture that in order to please God, I have to believe that he bruised Jesus instead of me. Amen? If I believe that God bruised Jesus like he said he did and it pleased him, then it pleases him when I put my faith and my hope and my trust in the fact that he bruised Jesus and Jesus took my place. Amen. Amen. Praise God.
4: I don't know how you follow that up. So <laughs> I think they did a pretty good job.
2: We did. All right, Pastor. On Sundays, you usually say, "I don't know what you had to do to get here today, but I'm glad you did it." Can you explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah, you know, actually, that's a that's an old say that I, I used to say it every week, and I haven't said it in a long time. I need to get back to it oh. because I I like it. <laughs> And, um, yeah. Um, you know, the person sitting next to you, you know, unless you came from the same house, um, you probably don't know what that person had to do just to get to church that day. And uh, even if you came from the same house, you still might not know what it took for that person to, to To get here today, uh, you know, and we could think of that in, in so many ways. Uh, you know, we could think of, um, when well, you know, maybe this person sitting next to you, maybe they had to walk to church. You know, um, maybe they didn't walk to church. Maybe maybe they had to uh, believe God all week. You know, and 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 uh you know and put their faith out there all week long just to have gas money to come to church that day um maybe it wasn't that at all maybe it was that they had to to push through uh, uh, some kind of a a physical thing maybe they had to push through uh, a severe headache maybe they had to push through pain in their in, in their joints or in their body Maybe they had to push aside uh, some ridicule that they were taking from from family and friends uh, just to come to church. Uh, Maybe, you know, I mean, we've we've had situations where an abusive spouse uh, made coming to church extremely difficult for someone. Um, And, uh, you know, and and sometimes we... um, you know, uh, I'm just going to throw out some scenarios. I don't know if these things occurred or not, but just so you understand what I'm talking about, that uh, maybe somebody's got a crying baby, and maybe that baby's crying because mama didn't have any formula f- for the day, and that baby's hungry. Uh, you know, maybe that, maybe that baby uh, smells of a, of a poopy diaper, because mama didn't have any more diapers. Uh, you know, uh, and, and we fail to understand and we fail to have compassion sometimes for the person sitting next to us that we don't know what they had to deal with. Maybe it was a mental thing. Maybe it was a physical thing. Maybe it was a a, a financial issue, maybe, you know, and... Uh, uh you know i want to i like to stress that because you know we really really don't know you know um i remember a story that i heard many years ago about smith wigglesworth and how that before he came to the lord before he began to serve god that he was very uh that he was uh, abusive toward his wife when she would go to church and uh, many times she would come home from church at night, and he would have locked her out of the house. He'd tell her, "I don't want you to go to church." She'd say, "Well, Smith, you're my husband, not my lord." And she'd go to church. And when she'd come home, he would have locked her out of the house. She would sleep on the front porch. And the next morning, when he came out to get the newspaper, she would get up and go in the house and make breakfast for him. And see, we don't we don't know what a person sitting next to us may have to deal with in order to be here and i think sometimes we fail to have proper respect for that because we don't know we think everybody's just like us you know I, when i was a kid growing up i thought everybody lived the way we did and then one day i found out that everybody's lives were way different and uh you know so uh you know we we don't have to necessarily know the struggles that someone's going through because Holy Spirit does right. and we can love one another because of the love of God for them that it, that flows through us and uh, we can love one another you know and and your arm around that person and your smile towards that person and and you know and the Lord may speak to you and tell you something way beyond that to help minister to that person's needs and and if he does do it praise God because we don't know what that person may have to deal with just in order to come to church
2: you know
3: that's so true and there's a lot of times where um, the holy spirit has told me to do something for someone and when you're obeying sometimes it's a little bit tricky in figuring out logistics logistics sometimes are kind of weird when you're trying to bless someone sometimes you're just supposed to do it and they're not supposed to know who it was sometimes you just have to figure out how to approach them to because the Holy Spirit, when you walk in, the Holy Spirit says, there's going to be a person here, and you're supposed to do this. Or you might sit down, and the Holy Spirit says, that person next to you needs, I don't know, your purse, <laughs> whatever, you know. And you don't know what that means. That may mean nothing to you other than obedience. So when you obey and give them, and, and he's going to tell you how to do it, but you've got to listen and that's a key that we don't always do. Sometimes we're really quick to go, eh, it's no big deal. But that can be life and death. You say that's just a purse or that's just whatever. It's ten bucks or whatever it is. But that can be life and death to that person. That may be exactly what they need to know to show them how much he loves them that's right. for that day. They may have been questioning. They may have had the worst week in the world they may have barely crawled in the door to that day and if you obey no matter who it is cuz you can reason out well but they have they do whatever but they drive a nicer car than me they have this and i don't have that that's not the point the point is be obedient where you are listen to the holy spirit do what he says if it's 10 bucks it's 10 bucks that may put them over and just love on them like you can never imagine happening. But when you're obedient and do that because you don't know what it took for them to sit down next to you that day. That's right. I mean, it
4: makes me think about two examples and it's kind of funny because Jason just tapped me a minute ago and said, hey, you need to tell this story. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like I didn't know. <laughs> but it's funny how God works that way.
0: That's because me and the Holy Spirit were like this. We're like... <laughs>
4: which kind of goes to my point, actually, that I was going to get at. But I feel like sometimes we look for some big production, like God show me this big sign that this is what I'm supposed to do. Or maybe you think about doing something for someone and you think, okay, is this just me? Because I thought about doing this. Is this God telling me to do this? And sometimes it's just hard to tell. And I went through some of that not too long ago. And I felt like the Lord was just telling me, does it really matter? Like, if you think of something positive to do some, to someone, does it matter if it was necessarily your thought or that God gave you that thought? And so two examples, one of which I can say I knew was a God thing. We had a gentleman that had come in to the church for quite a while, um, and this was a couple of years ago, and God told me to buy him a coffee maker. And I just thought, he's gonna think I'm nuts. Like, but I knew it was a God thing, and so, I was obedient, and I went to the store, and I picked out a coffee maker, and I brought it to the church, and um, that morning he came in, he always came in early to get coffee, and I um, took it over to him, and I said, you know, the Lord told me to buy you this, and he just wept, and he said, every time I go to the store, it makes me get teary, I stand in front of the coffee makers, and I pray that God will help me to get one, because Mine broke a long time ago. I happened not had the extra money to go buy one. And it just, it really ministered to him. And it was, God was showing him love through that coffee pot and showing that he cared about his desire for coffee. Right? And so that time.
1: That's pretty important.
4: <laughs> to some, to me, not so much. But <laughs> it's funny because I'm not a coffee drinker. And I'm like, really? Like coffee maker? Why would, okay, whatever, God. I'll do it. But so that time I knew, like I knew it was a God thing. I wouldn't have thought that on my own. Right? One time we have um, a friend here at the church that is a postal worker and I uh, was headed home after picking up the kids from school one day and I drove by her car and it was a really hot day and I just thought I should run in the house and get her a bottle of water and a snack and go put it on her um, door. And so I did and I just, I went home, had stuff we already had there. I don't know if it was a Gatorade or water. I grabbed something cold, I put it in a little gift bag I had in the closet and just with a note that said, you know, I love you, and I hope you're having a great day.
0: This is the difference between her and I because she thought to put it in a gift bag, I would have grabbed a Walmart sack on the <laughs> way out the door. If that. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but so she finds it. She comes down to the house. I mean, I didn't expect anything from it, but she came up, and she just, she was weeping. And I really just thought it was hot. I was hot. I thought, oh, it would be a nice thing to give this to her. And she said, you know, I've just been struggling to feel God lately, and I just prayed that he would show me that he cares somehow today and he did that through that snack that you gave me like I didn't know it was necessarily God thing it's not set like he said you know thus saith the Lord go give her water to refresh her like it doesn't have to be a production it's just you know when you feel that prompting it doesn't have to be something big a lot of times we look for this big sign and why do you need it just do, do it. what's dropped in your heart be kind
0: this is going to be a shock but I'll defer my time <laughs> Okay. well said
2: all right. Can you guys explain this statement or what you guys mean about this? We think you're a big deal.
0: I'm going to go first and then you can close. That's why I deferred my time.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, there was a planning to this. The Holy Spirit told you to do that.
1: <laughs> he, he knew it would be a blessing to me to have his time.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, we think you're a big deal because... I believe God thinks you're a big deal, and you know, I. It, it's something for for us, um, and uh, the pastors want to start saying it, um, but it really resonated with me, and uh, I think about this passage in Isaiah chapter sixty-one, um, and verse three, and uh, I'm going to pull it up real quick. You know, we. This is going to be a, a familiar passage to a lot of you. You've heard it before. And um, God showed me some time back uh, a little different, different spin on it, I guess, than, than what we normally talk about. But um, I'm going to go ahead and read verse 1. I'm going to go all the way through. Um, verse 3. But it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, and this is prophesying of Jesus. Because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prisons to those that are bound, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, and that he may be glorified. You know, and you may have heard me talk about this before, but I... I believe this, that we, we, we've taken this in, in the context of when I feel heavy, I sing praises to God. But I don't believe that's what he's talking about here. He said he brings comfort to those who mourn and he consoles those who mourn in, in Zion, meaning that those outside of the church and those inside of the church. And I don't have uh, a lot of time to really get into that, but comfort all who mourn and then console those who mourn in Zion, meaning the hill of the Lord or the church of God. So on a deeper level, um, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to console those who mourn in Zion. And then he says, to give them. So I'm going to give them or I'm going to exchange my beauty for their ashes. I'm going to exchange the oil of joy for their mourning. And I'm going to exchange my praises for their heaviness. And I picture it like this. Whenever we walk into a room, God surrounds us with his praises of us. This is my son. This is my daughter. I'm well pleased with that. What, that's what he did with Jesus when Jesus was baptized. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He just put a garment of praise around Jesus. He clothes us with the garments of his praises, completely engulfing us, making us comfortable. Think about the, the fact that, Sometimes you, you're working all day. It's been hot. You get home. What's the first thing that you want to do when you get home? I'm going to get out of these work clothes. I'm going to get into something comfortable, right? I'm getting out of these work clothes. I'm getting out of these things that just make me feel heavy. What does he do? He clothes us with his praises to bring us comfort, to bring us happiness, to bring us joy, to lift our spirits. He clothes us with his praises of us, because he's well-pleased with us, because he's proud of us, because we are his prized possession. Amen? Amen. Praise God.
4: So immediately when I read this, I started thinking of um, 1 Corinthians 12, where it talks about um, in the voice, which is a translation that I really love. says, if an ear started to whine, I'm not an eye. I shouldn't be attached to the body In all of its pouting, it is still part of the body. Imagine the entire body as an eye. How would the giant eye be able to hear? And if the entire body were an ear, how would it be able to smell? And this is the reason I love this translation to him. It says, but this is where God comes in. God has meticulously put his body together. He placed each part in the exact place to perform the exact function that he wanted. This body doesn't work without you. Um, You know, your calling is just an as important as the calling that's sitting right there and it all has to work together. And so if you look at it, well, I mean, I'm not going to be on stage. They don't need me. No, we knew we do. You're crucial. You're important. You're valuable. So the reason you're a big deal is because your part is a big deal. And if you don't know what that part is yet, then look around and find a place to get involved. Like this should be like he's been talking about your church. You make this thing work. Um, One of the things, so we meet at 925 every Sunday before service to pray for the service. um, And it's our HELPS team and anybody else that's here that wants to be involved. So if you're not here at 925, I'd encourage you, come early. It's worth it. Get involved. But one of the things that the Lord put in my heart several months ago was that I pray every week that... God is bringing up an urgency in your heart that you know there is a need for you today. Whether it is something that you need to come and receive or there is a purpose that you need to serve while you're here. So how can you meet a need? So look around. When you walk in those doors it's not only about you building you up or God building you up or us building you up. It's about how can you help be that to someone else. And so you know, maybe it's like I talked about yesterday, maybe it bugs you that pastor doesn't have a bottle of water when he's preaching. If that bothers you, then maybe that's your part right now is to make sure that every week he has water or coffee or whatever it may be. Um, But, you know, that part is important. I, you know, Sierra's part is important that she comes three Sundays out of the month and she is teaching those little ones and being Jesus to those little ones and showing them and teaching them about his love. You know, Steve is important that he comes and he serves as security and that he helps people cross the street safely. And, every part is important and these may be people that you don't even know their name or you don't even know what they do but it's important and you have an important piece too so find out what it is
1: nothing <laughs> you see here's here's the thing that you know um, we hear so much about well I mean, I've heard hear Christians say this, well, it's all about Jesus. And for us, it should be. You know, our, our objective is to lift up Jesus, to exalt Jesus, to, to, uh, to paint the clearest, most accurate picture of Jesus for you that we can possibly paint. Um, but if you get right down to what I just said, Paint the most accurate, the 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 clearest picture of Jesus for who? For you. So really, if we take that, it's not all about Jesus. It's really, you know, Jesus went to the cross. We ex- we exalt that we we honor that we we reverence that we worship that, but why did he go to the cross for you? And so um, so really, it's not all about Jesus, you know. And I've said this many times that uh, uh, you know if. If it's all about worship if we were created just you know and our whole purpose is just to worship Jesus we can do that once we're gone from this life we'll spend eternity worshiping Jesus right but there's one thing that you can never do once you're gone from this life you can never reach another person with the gospel of Jesus so really You know, eternity is about worshiping Jesus. But right here and now, it's not all about Jesus. It's about you and what Jesus did for you. And, you know, and what Jesus has, what he came into this world to do. He came into this world to save sinners. Um, So if he came into, into this world to save sinners, it's really not all about Jesus then he made it about you he made it about sinners and uh, so you know we think you're a big deal because Jesus thought you were a big deal God so loved you let me just paraphrase that God thought you were such a big deal that he gave his only begotten son that you wouldn't perish but have everlasting life He thought you were that big a deal. And so, uh, why don't we make such a big deal about people? You know, I I find way too many people that they make a big deal about Jesus and they treat people terrible. But the whole reason for Jesus coming was because he thought you were a big deal. And I love this scripture out of Zephaniah chapter 3. It says, The Lord your God in the midst in your midst, the mighty one, he will save, he will rejoice over you with gladness, he will quiet you with his love, he will rejoice over you with singing. And I like to say it like this uh, that while we sing songs about Jesus, he's singing songs about you. Would you ever think about that? He will rejoice over you with singing. So I can just imagine Jesus singing songs about you. Tell tell me, uh, tell them what you told me the other day about Pastor David.
0: Yeah, um, Pastor David Emi, who, um, who we we both sat under, and um, and would call uh, would call our pastor. He's since gone to be with Jesus, but um, he would always say it this way. He would he would stop, and it, even even just uh, he would be preaching, or sometimes you just see him in the hallway or at his house. And he would just stop. He would say, what's that I hear? That's the sound of Jesus singing a happy song over me. What's that I hear? That's the sound of Jesus singing a happy song. Sometimes he would say, what's that I hear? Oh, I think that's the Word of Life Choir. Oh, no, that's the sound of Jesus singing a happy song over me. I love that. And, and I can always I can hear him saying that. That's one of the few things that I can just, uh, I, can, I can hear him saying it just like he's saying it right now. It's the sound of Jesus singing a happy song. Amen.
1: You know, what what gets Jesus excited? You. And so if that gets Jesus excited, then that ought to get me excited. Praise God. And so uh, we want you to know that God rejoices over you with singing. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what the song sounds like. I'd like to hear it sometime, you know, and I, I will one day. But uh, uh, but you know one thing I do know is, is it is a happy song. He is rejoicing, and he's rejoicing over you. Praise God! And so if if he's rejoicing over you, we're rejoicing over you. And uh, uh, you know we're here today. Um. You know, I I find that having been in in ministry for for almost thirty five years, and uh, you know, having uh, having been around a lot of uh, a lot of guys that uh, um, they they said they were called to ministry, they were called called to preach, called to pastor, called to what, but a lot of them. Not all. Certainly not all. But I I saw a lot of guys that they were in love with the sound of their voice. They were in love with the idea of standing on the platform with a microphone preaching. Uh, You know, they were in love with being heard. They were in love with being in charge of something. They were, you know. uh, And I got to say. We came to Carlsbad and we planted this church because we were in love with the people of Carlsbad. Um, you know, I was raised here, and I went away after I graduated high school. About a year later, I moved to Tulsa, and I encountered some things that changed my life. And. I began to realize that the things that changed my life would change your life too. And uh, you know, there is uh, there have been very few people that have that have come along and and become. Uh, in fact, I think the person in this church that uh, that goes back the furthest mm-hmm. in in my life back to elementary school was Curtis. Uh, Kessler and uh, you know I remember Curtis from from elementary school um, but uh, but very few people that I've known way back from my childhood and from my growing up here ever became parts of this church but uh, but there's something about this city and I know that many people are you know it was the same way when I was a kid we couldn't wait to Get old enough to leave and go somewhere else and do something else, and uh, but but then one day I got a hold of something that changed my life, and I couldn't help but want to share it back where I came from, and 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 I, because it so radically transformed me that I believed it would do the same thing for you. I didn't know any of you back then. But, you know, uh, you've come into my life since then, and I'm so glad you did. Uh, But, you know, when I I fell in love with a city, it wasn't... The geographical location it wasn't because this was such an exciting place to be but I fell in love with people I didn't even know yet and that could only be the work of the Holy Spirit in my life uh, some of you weren't even born then you know I, I am I am old enough now that uh, there's quite a few people who weren't even born then. But, uh, you know, you're the reason we came here. But more than that, you're the reason why the Lord asked us to come here. And uh, so for, for me to, to not think you're a big deal, you know I mean I do I, th- I think you're you are a big deal and uh, Jesus thinks you're a big deal and you know I've been trying to think oh, some of you have, have, have watched in the last few days is uh, some of the things that I've I've put on Facebook leading up to this you know it's that uh, uh, you know this uh, some of the reasons why we think you're a big deal and uh, you know because I, I want you to know that but I want to speak for just a moment to those who have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life that maybe maybe you've never actually heard the gospel I found there are a lot of people who said in church somewhere every week and never actually heard the gospel because the word gospel means good news the good news is that jesus came into this world to save sinners jesus didn't come for the righteous jesus came for the lost he came for the sinners he came for the uh, he came for his enemies he came for the wicked he came for the uh, you know all of the, the people that that um, whose lives were messed up whose lives were wrecked that's why Jesus came came into this world to save sinners the apostle Paul the man who wrote two thirds of the New Testament who brought us the revelation of the of the grace of God he says that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners and then he says of whom I am chief he called himself the chief of sinners and you know that statement Jesus came into the world to save sinners because why? he thinks you're a big deal If you've never, you see, the thing is, God is not mad at you. I don't care if you've accepted Him or not accepted Him. If you don't even believe in Him, if you even hate Him, He still thinks you're a big deal. And He still came and died for you. Because there was nothing you could do to help yourself he came to rescue you, came to help you, came to save you. God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son, that through simply believing upon him, you will not perish but have everlasting life. I want to ask every one of you this morning to pray a prayer with me. Maybe you've prayed this a hundred times, a thousand times. Maybe you've never prayed it. You know, it doesn't matter. I want everyone to pray this with me. And if you pray this and you mean this from your heart, you, I mean, you, you really mean it. and you, You're capable. You have the, the capacity to say words you don't mean. But if you say this and you mean it, Then, according to God's own word, who cannot lie, you will be saved. So we're going to pray this, and when we say Amen, every person who prayed this and meant it will be saved. Every single one. Just say this after me. Say, God in heaven, I'm so grateful that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me because you love me. He came into this world. He took my place. He paid the penalty for all of my sins. And I believe it. And today I choose Jesus to be my savior. I trust you Jesus with my salvation thank you for paying for my sins I believe that God raised you from the dead so I could have new life thank you for coming into my life for saving me amen right now you are saved amen So if you pray that prayer today, I have a little book that I'm offering free of charge. Just go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and there it will give you instructions on how to receive this little book called I Choose Jesus. It will explain to you what just happened to you, and then it will tell you what to do from here, how to proceed In your walk with the Lord praise God I'm so glad that you came today I'm so glad that you logged in and watched us today praise God believe God's got good things for you the Bible says he has a gift for you promise of the Father is what Jesus called it we refer to it as the baptism with the Holy Spirit you say well is this where I have to speak with tongues no This is where you get to speak with tongues. Praise God. See, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. And it's very simple. Speaking with tongues is is very simply this. Holy Spirit praying through you. And he prays the perfect will of God every single time. When you don't know how you should pray as you ought to, The Bible says that the Spirit Himself makes intercession for you. In other words, He prays through you with a language that you have never learned. That empowers Him to bypass your intellect. And I don't know about you, I'm not that smart. And I need Him bypassing my intellect. Praise God. So how do you receive this? Well, if you have received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, this, this gift is for you. You simply, Jesus said, everyone who asks receives. Everyone who asks receives. In other words, there is not a chance that you're going to ask the Father for the gift Jesus talked about and Him say no. It will not happen. If you ask, you will receive so right now let's just ask and once again when we say amen that's saying so be it when we say amen then you will at that moment you will receive this promise of the father and Jesus said he would abide with you forever so he's never going to leave praise God so just say this with me say Lord Jesus Jesus You said, the Father has a gift for me. So right now, Father, I ask for the gift that Jesus said you have for me. I ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. And I receive him now in Jesus' name, amen now if you're sensing words coming up out of your spirit that you don't know that you don't understand just start to speak them out and that is speaking with tongues see it's not scary praise god it's a blessing every day of your life i encourage you from this moment on speak with tongues every day Praise praise god praise god praise god Well, it's been a great day. If you need healing for your body, just raise your hand right where you're at. I can't even see it, but that's okay. It's the act of raising your hand. And in the name of Jesus, whether you're online or in this room, in Jesus' name, I speak healing to bodies right now. All across this room and around the world, I speak healing to bodies. Receive the healing that Jesus took stripes on his back to provide for you. Receive it now, in Jesus' name, amen.